Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm your host, Simone. No, I'm not Simone de Rochefort. Simone de Rochefort of Polygon.com is out this week, but I'm your host, Christina Warren, Senior Cloud Advocate at Microsoft. And I'm joined, as always, by Brianna Wu, Democratic candidate for Congress. And, uh, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Linode, Backblaze, and ExpressVPN. So how are you doing, Bree? I, I am feeling it today. I'm feeling it. I'm sad Simone is not here. I feel a little betrayed. Yeah, she, she's doing the LA thing. She's like too fancy for us. <laughs> so speaking of fancy, you were talking about a super posh place that you stayed this week. I want to hear all about that. Oh my God. Okay. So I was I was in Toronto for um the Create Startups tour, as I mentioned last week when we had our cursed show. And I was only <laughs> there for a night, but I was staying at the St. Regis. Now, the St. Regis, even if it was just like a normal room, would still be incredibly nice because it's a you know nice hotel chain. But they upgraded me to one of their suites that uh-huh. was, like, I'm not even exaggerating, basically the size of my apartment. <laughs> and it was amazing. And I never wanted to leave. And it was it was fantastic. And I wish that I'd been able to stay there for more than, than just one night. But the St. Regis in Toronto, highly recommended. Great hotel. And so- was this one of the ones, do you know when you walk into, like I've stayed, I've been like the, the guest of honor in a convention before and you walk in, you've got like the antechamber where, where you receive people, like a big television and all the couches and yep. then like a bedroom in the back with the jacuzzi. Are we talking that level of yes. posh? Only Regis and not Marriott style? Exactly. So oh it's, my God. So yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, you walk in, you have this massive room, this closet, these closets were bigger than any hotel closet I've ever seen before. A massive kind of like greeting room where you could, you know, have people, um, you know, there was a fireplace and there was, you know, a desk and a bar and all this stuff. And then there was, um, you know, a small powder room. And then there was the bedroom, which was really nice, really beautiful. And then in that, it was a massive bathroom with the heated marble floors and the, you know, separate shower and tub. And then the TV, you know, of course, in the mirror and... Yeah, I mean it was it was just beyond. I I I don't really know how like I said, it was it was like a nine hundred and fifty square foot hotel oh my room. God. <laughs> like, That's amazing. Oh my gosh. So 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 it was great. I highly recommend it. Even if you don't get an upgrade, I highly recommend the, the, the St. Regis. But uh we have some follow-up that we have to do for we do. Uh, for, for for the show from last week before we get into this week's topic. So right as uh what what was uh what what do we need to follow up on? Because we had All right. Yes. I let me set the scene for you. Let me set the scene for you. So last week we had the the cursed episode. Yep. It was it was a production challenge, I think I'll say. Um, but we got some follow-up on it. Uh specifically the first story we were talking about last week as far as Australia. Uh and you know, they they basically have a uh bill in front of it that's basically uh threatening criminal uh consequences for uh, you know, basically for people that won't take things down off of the internet. So Kat Matheson wrote me a very sweet, very long email. She's actually Australian. And I, I just want to say, like, the whole time she's writing it, it's so funny because if, like, a dude has a problem with something we write on Rocket, like, we hear about it. Right. Cat's whole time. It's like, hey, I love the show so much, and I'm not trying to be mean, but you completely did not understand our perspective. So I wanted to share that this week. Sure. Uh, the, first, the first critique she had is that, 
you know, the show, uh, when we were talking about this story, we were only coming at it from the perspective of Americans. And I didn't think that was really fair. I mean, you're American, I'm American. Simone is from the galaxy Nebula on 5. And, right. And you know, she brings the alien perspective every week. So I didn't think that critique was fair. But um, overall, she was saying, like... Um, a lot of people, like, they don't have the same concept of free speech right. in Australia that we kind of have here in the United States. Uh, they, they, It's kind of like with gun laws. Their gun laws are far, far, far stricter than they are here. And, you know, it's not something that's really debatable. It's things that average Americans just, I mean, average Australians just kind of agree on. So, um yeah, basically, her overall point was that one of the main things we were saying was the civil courts. We kind of proposed that as more of an area for remediation. She was saying that doesn't really work in Australia the same way that it does here. So that's a very American-centric view. Fair point. I take your word for it. And B, um, she just felt very strongly that taking on that hateful content was the correct response. So, uh, Kat, I want to let you know I hear you. I respect that perspective. And thank you for writing us. Yes, thank you very much for that perspective, uh, Kat. And um, it, it is good to, to hear from, from other voices. So, um, do we have any other follow-up? Nope, that's it. Okay. That's it. All right. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Our first topic this week is uh, the return of the foldable phones. So as we may remember, uh, and, and I am still on record that I'm not buying one yet, but <laughs> but, but we, you know, you never know. Um, at CES this year, foldable phones were the big thing. Huawei showed one off. Uh, uh, Samsung uh, showed one off. There were some other, you know, companies that had some concepts. And Samsung, when they showed theirs off, this is the Galaxy Fold, they wouldn't even let anybody touch it. It was basically all kind of like under glass. But it is now available for the touching. It is still not, you know, <laughs> finalized, but uh, uh, The Verge, Wired, um, let's see, USA Today, The Washington Post, CNET, Engadget, uh, Gizmodo, and TechCrunch, amongst others, will have links to some of these big, uh, you know, kind of overviews in the show notes, Fast Company, et cetera, uh, have access to the Galaxy Fold. And Shockingly, I would love to get your take on this, Brie, but what I kind of, the, the general theme that runs through all these hands-on things, and to be clear, you know, people were given, you know, a certain amount of time with the device to do certain tasks with it. And, and it's it's obviously not in like a kind of a finalized state, but it's, it's ready enough to play with. And the general reception is that everybody is surprised that it works <laughs> and surprised by how much they kind of they they're kind of into the concept right i it was a it was a complete theme like everybody uh unbox therapy that youtube channel was looking at looking at Dieter at the verge ever that that looked at they they seemed to have the exact same comment a i expected this to suck and it doesn't right and B, i'm kind of into this idea so just to kind of set the stage for our listener if you haven't like seen the videos yet so it's uh the the galaxy fold it kind of it unfolds into something it, it looks a little smaller than an ipad mini and more square would you agree with that yeah i mean it is still a four by three ratio is or about four by three is what they say but it's 7.3 inches so it's going to be a right. little bit smaller than an ipad mini and obviously the big difference too is that you know the ipad mini which just got a refresh still has a whole lot of bezel so right. it's kind of like think of 
like a bezel-less iPad mini, I guess. Well, at least on the inside, on the outside, right. it's got well, like that's this, yes, yes, totally. it's like 1.5-inch bezel on the top and bottom. Maybe it's not quite that big, but it's huge. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? Yeah, no, it, it, it is. Yeah, because the way the screen works, sorry. Uh, see, in my mind, I just see this as like a tablet that happens <laughs> to fold rather than like a phone that turns into a tablet. Um, yep. But yeah, no, so, so yeah, so it's kind of like, you know, it, it's, you know, in your pocket, it's kind of like a, a, a tall, you know, uh, thick kind of phone type of thing. You open it up and all of a sudden you have like an iPad mini. Yeah. So it's got six cameras on it. And similar to like the Microsoft Surface Book, when you fold the two things together on the side with the hinge, there's just a little bit of a gap, like yeah. maybe one or two millimeters. It's not unattractive, but it certainly um, it certainly takes away from it a little bit. And as Dieter said in his kind of uh, hands-on impression video, uh, you know, you can see the seam in the middle if you're looking at it. Certainly yes. as people have been shooting videos with it, which it's are very off obvious. axis, it's mm -hmm. very obvious. So um, yeah, that's kind of the overview. How do you feel about this? Are I, you are you I, pumped? I, I'm pumped. Like I said, I, I'm I'm standing firm. This the, the the list price on this is 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 $1,980. So this is a very, very, very expensive uh phone. Like even by, you know, the the modern uh, Apple driven phone standards. Like this is very expensive. So, you know, this costs more than most laptops. So I am not going to get one. And I know that I, that everybody's going like, to laugh at me when I inevitably get one, but right now anyway, <laughs> like I have no plans on getting one of these, but I am super excited about the version 2.0. Like that's yeah. what I kind of think, uh, um, what this has the potential for, especially if we see other companies, Kind of take this on, um, you know, this concept on, I think could be really good. Um, what's interesting, you know, they have this kind of continuity concept where, you know, with certain apps, you know, when it's open in the smaller mode and then you open it up and you unfold it, it immediately will open up, um, you know, larger size. And um, based on all the hands-on things, you know, at least in the apps where that supported, that seemed to work really well. There are some apps that might not support that, but you could still launch the apps as they stand. What's interesting is that, you know, Samsung has had to make some changes to kind of, um, I guess, compensate for the fact that, that Android still doesn't do tablets super well. Yep. So it'll be interesting. I wonder if these types of, if these types of de devices take off and that, that is a big if. if yeah. Before, uh, before we move on on continuity, yeah. can I say just one thing about that? Sure. I was stunned. Christina, I was stunned at how well this seems to work because yeah. it's like, uh, so they have like YouTube videos. It'll mm -hmm. just be playing and you'll look at it and then you just open it up and there's zero stutter with the audio. There's no stutter at all. It just transfers seamlessly. And I was thinking about that use case because Twitter is better on like, do you know what I mean? It's better yeah, on the phone. Totally. And how many times have you been scrolling on Twitter and you're like squinting at this little video? Like, imagine just being able to open it up. Oh, totally. It's That would be awesome. No, no. Videos would be great. Uh, maps is the big one, right? Because, oh, absolutely. Because obviously, if you're running through the streets, you know, one-handed, you want to you wanna look down your maps. But if you stop over in a corner and you need to see something, especially if you're in a city that you don't know super well, having that, being able to open that up and then, you know, zoom in would be amazing. 
Oh, yeah. And before we move on, I want to talk about the price, too, because I I actually don't think this is ridiculous for what you're getting. Like, uh, so the, you know, it's got, what, 12 gigs of RAM inside of it. It's got, like, state-of-the-art Snapdragon processor. I haven't seen Ars Technica, obviously, because it hasn't been released. I haven't seen it compared uh, directly to uh, the iPad Pro. But the iPad Pro, like, if you get you know, the keyboard and the pen, and I know this doesn't come with those things, but you know, for an iPad Pro, you're looking at around $1,500, closer to 2000 right? And I mean, this is, I, you're essentially getting a really professional tablet. So I, I definitely agree it's expensive. I definitely agree I'm not going to buy one, but I wouldn't give someone a hard time for buying this because I, yeah. I can see $2,000 of value there. Yeah, no, I wouldn't give anybody a hard time for buying this at all. I just don't think that you're going to have a very large audience with this price. Um, Obviously, I think, you know, AT&T and maybe some of the other carriers are going to try to, you know, do some things where, you know, they will make it a, a, you know, a monthly sort of payment. So if you you pay by the month, then it makes it come out as more affordable. And fair enough, I still think $2,000 for this, no matter how powerful it is, is going to be a lot, especially since this is a Gen 1. Um, but no, I mean, to your point, I was really impressed with, you know, the videos of how well the, the apps worked. And what I wonder is if these types of devices take off, if maybe we'll start seeing app developers, you know, really embrace, um, you know, making their apps work better for bigger screen sizes. That remains to be seen, but, or at least <laughs> different types of screen sizes, because the Android tablet market basically has uh, stopped existing a while ago. At this point, it's yep. basically a Kindle Fire market. And <laughs> I mean, seriously, and no, and, right. and nobody else really makes or sells uh, Android tablets in any large quantities. And there's really no reason to. It's like, if you want a tablet, you either buy a Kindle Fire for consumption or you get an iPad or, you know, you start looking at having a hybrid device, you know, like a, like, like a Surface or, or something like that. So it's interesting in some ways, too, that this, could conceivably kind of be the rebirth of Android on tablets. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to buy one, like I said, it's, it, but I definitely want to play with one. And, and I will say this, Samsung, if you're listening, we would happily review one. So oh my uh, God. That, Absolutely. That, that, that's out there. I mean, for me, it's, it's, I love this form factor. I like Android, the operating system itself. It's it's just the security of it, right? Like no shade or anything. Android fans, I'm right there with you. I support your <laughs> right to use the operating system that you you prefer. Um, but it's just like the 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 security aspect of it is just a solid no go for me because I spend so much of my life in text and iMessage. Like it's really the big thing that locks you into Apple's ecosystem, right? So the the moment Apple puts out something like this, I'm there day one. Buy first gen, don't care. I would do almost anything to have an iPhone with this form factor that I could fold out into a small tablet. So I I really hope this is a trend that isn't one of these. Do you know what I mean? Like 3D TVs, like right. something that stays for a few years and goes away. Well, you're I, curved I'm TVs. interested. Yeah, yeah, no, totally, TVs. Yeah. totally. No, I mean, I, I'm I'm hoping people will do stuff with this. All right. Well, we will uh, we will keep an eye on it. Woo. 
This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud. And you can get a server running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. And so Linode serves uh, their customers with the help of 10 data centers across the globe. And they're about to add more, including Mumbai and India and Toronto, Canada. Um, They will both have data centers before 2020. And Linode has hundreds of thousands of customers, and they're all looked after by their incredible 24-7 support team. And so if you run into any problems, you just drop in an email or give them a call or chat over IRC in the Linode community if, if it's easier, whatever suits you best. And they also have some super useful guides and support documentation. So if you need to quickly look something up, you can. And it doesn't matter if you're working on your first server or deploying a complex system, Linode are the folks to go to. They offer the fastest hardware and network with outstanding customer support if you ever need any help. And it is super easy to launch a Linode cloud server. Linode has uh, pricing options that suit everybody. So their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month. And they have high memory plans uh, starting with 16 gigs of RAM. And Linode has a special offer right now. So as a listener of this show at Rocket, you can go to linode.com slash rocket and use the promo code rocket2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. Our thanks to Linode for their support for this show and all of Relay FM. Uh, I wish I was a software engineer right now because I would build so much awesome stuff with them. It's sad. Totally, totally. Um, all right. Uh, I mean, it, it's really fun. I, I never run out of, of VPSs and of, 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 of servers. So that stuff is is really, really fun. Um, okay, leading to a segue that starts fun and then turns terrible because it's the internet. So last week, we finally got our first photographs, our first images, not photographs, our first images, I guess, of what a black hole looks like. Super cool. Unbelievably cool. I could not believe the Slate article. So they, I just give people some background a bit uh, about this. Like they are having to gather all this data, uh, like from about light waves from all over the world. They're compiling it all together. Like they're super crunching all this data to get this information. And they bring us this wonderful picture of something we've only dreamed about in science fiction. Now it's real. Now we get a vision of it. And Slate's take is the black hole picture kind of sucks. <laughs> Just like <laughs> I mean, that is the, that that look, they call it the slatiest take for a reason, and that yep. is the slatiest take. Um, oh, God. But 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 kind of wrapped into that was this this interesting story. So the the researcher who was um, kind of at the, at the center of a lot of um, the uh, I guess initial kind of hype around the the photo was there was a, a, a famous photo of um, a researcher Katie Booman who's a postdoctoral fellow at MIT and she's going to be um, a, an assistant professor at Caltech in the fall and she's been working on the the team behind the Event Horizon Telescope um, building the algorithms to help kind of capture that image and so she uh, there's this this you know uh, totally viral really kind of great photo of her with her hands kind of over her mouth as she's looking at the image and just, you know, completely stoked and excited about seeing this first image. And so she goes viral. um, And at first, it kind of starts in a good way. And then the internet happened. Oh, 
Yeah, this was, it was completely out of control. So the first thing that people did is they start, uh, they start coming through the code. Well, I want to back up for a second. The very first tweet, if I remember correctly, it was by MIT and it did, they, they later walked this back a bit and said, you know, we gave her too much credit, but the initial, like, it's a very human tendency to want to put a face on any kind of story, right? And just like, uh, you know, I got a lot of the credit for Rev60 uh, when that shipped. Uh, the first tweet from MIT, I believe, it did kind of give her all of the credit. And yeah, they, it's, 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 a three, it, yeah, it's yeah. A three years ago, MIT uh, grad student Katie Booman led the creation of a new algorithm to produce the first ever image of a black hole. Today, that image was released. And, and it, it linked to a 2016 story that, was about her working on that algorithm for the project. Um, but, you know, she even herself kind of, uh, w- with an interview with the New York Times before things got really hellacious, you know, made made sure say, hey, you know, I, I worked on this, but I'm not the only one behind it. There's a whole team of people involved in this. Um, and, and before we move on on this, I just, I want to really share how I think being a woman in tech, you cannot win on this subject. Yes. I had... I have had, not from my team at GSX, grant you, but from strangers on the internet, I have been screamed at by this person and that person for how dare you take all the credit for this game you shipped? How dare you take all the credit, even on my congressional campaign, right? It's like, how dare you do this? And then I've actually been on the interview with NPR. And when I've used language like, well, we think this, or we did this, or we worked on this, I've actually gotten chided by journalists for, well, this is your campaign and you're asking people to vote for you. So you need to say you, you literally cannot win this. And I do think it's a double, like we all understand that none of us, I certainly don't like even here on rocket, this is like, this is a team effort. Jim doesn't get nearly the credit he deserves Completely. for no, the show out, w- w- right? Without a doubt. Not to mention, you know, Mike yeah. and Steven and and, and, yep. and and all the people who sell the ads in the background and, and all yep. that stuff. No, you're dead on. Um, but before MIT made clarifying tweets, and real quickly, I am going to read their clarifying tweets they sent out two days later. It says, we at MIT CSL uh, are so proud of the role our alum, Dr. Katie Bowman, played in the development of the first ever picture of a black hole. She's been psyched about all the black hole interest and just wanted to clarify if few things. In our first tweet about this, we linked to a 2016 story about an algorithm she led the development of while at CSAIL. Uh, that algorithm was intended to take a picture of a black hole, but didn't create the final image. It inspired image validation procedures in the final paper, and the EHT team together developed new methods that were used in reconstructing the black hole image. The published EHT paper is based on these different algorithms created by the entire international imaging team with many contributing researches from Telescope, and then it, it lists some people and many other institutions. Dr. Booman, quote, no one person or algorithm made the image. It was actually made by combining the images produced by three separate imaging pipelines, leading to a more powerful result than we could have ever achieved with any single method. Congratulations again to the global collaboration of over 200 scientists who made this discovery possible. Check out more stories, blah, blah, blah. But the reason that they had to send out this clarifying tweet was because it wasn't enough. Like it starts out nice. You have this, 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 you know, uh, this, this doctoral, you know, uh, fellow, this, uh, this, this, um, you know, woman who has her PhD, who's about to start, uh, she's about to be an assistant, you know, professor at Caltech. Um, super excited that this, thing that she's been working on, you know, she's finally seeing this. Um, 
and and people can't like as you said you know women can't win because people can't start people can't just be happy and and excited they have to you know say well wait a minute did she really do this that's when the questioning starts and that's uh, when i'm i'm going to say it it is blatant sexism and and yep. um even more than tech um the number of women who are visible in uh, a lot of the sciences it's very small especially in in kind of the physics and kind of astronomy um area so you know, she's overcoming a lot to even be, you know, part of this program. There are very few women involved in this uh, c- compared to men. And so people start looking through different GitHub reposts and saying, oh, this algorithm that was used, and, and as MIT leader clarified, it was three different, um, you know, processing pipelines, but this algorithm that was used, it was actually this guy who wrote, according to his GitHub, you know, profile, you know, um, uh, Eight hundred, you know, ninety five percent of the code, and, and she only contributed a little bit. And he, of course, you know, later kind of clarified a the, the lines of code are, are wrong, and some of those things aren't accurate. Oh. And b, you know, like this was a team effort, and we worked. She she was instrumental to this. But people started haranguing her and 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 creating fake Instagram accounts and fake Twitter accounts and 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 fake accounts for him to basically start this meme and creating videos saying. Oh, she didn't do anything. We should really be celebrating this guy who did all this stuff. Now, never mind. Never mind that. That first of all, this is this is not. I mean, obviously, MIT could have maybe framed their initial tweet better. But even that, I think people are taking it way too seriously. Anybody who's looking at a tweet, first of all, and saying, "Oh, that's going to be indicative of all the work that went into something like this." I mean, like, use your brain. Obviously hundreds of people are involved in something like this. It's not one singular person. But the fact that then, you know, they have to go through all these links of trying to disprove her involvement at all and try to make it into something that's not, um, it's really terrible. I mean, it's just... I mean, it's, it's flat out sexist. And completely. I mean, Christy, can I share a story about this? Sure. Years ago, when Git really started being a thing, I I I have spent a lot of time contributing to a certain project on 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 Git, and you know I I started off I used my real name and I had an experience many women have in working in you know uh, open source software projects that like my my changes like they're they're scrutinized to like a ridiculous degree. I find myself in stupid fights with the you know, random men that are looking over my code. And eventually I just deleted that account and mm-hmm. started one over with a gender neutral name. And I've been working on this for, my God, I don't even know how many years now. And it's just, it, it's so hostile if you don't do that. And this isn't just my experience. Science, like, it, it bears us out that women have their contributions to a code base uh, that it's a women introduce fewer bugs into the code base, but they have their pull requests and uh, you know code uploads like challenged right. all the freaking time. Right, that's very much my experience. I've had experiences where I put out a fundraising tweet, just jokey with C plus plus code, and I've deleted a few characters to like because you only have so much space and I'm trying to make it more human readable and having dudes dynamiting into right. my house to scream about how I don't understand how to do this. This is a problem. And I just, I, I can't pretend to understand it. Why? No, I mean, and, 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 and in this case, what I think is almost in some cases even worse is that 
you know, by all accounts, any of the projects or any of the things she was contributing to, she was not receiving that that level of, of harassment, which certainly does happen in certain communities. And, and sure. there, are, there are things that can happen. Like this all happened when this amazing feat that she's been working for for years, along with a team of other people, when they they accomplished this fine you know, amazing scientific, you know, feat, this amazing computational, uh, you know, like revelation. Um, and when we get to see what a black hole looks like and instead now they want to go and, and start sifting through everything and, and people want to play internet detective and, and, and start settling scores. And it's just, I don't know. It's, it's really terrible. Um, uh, I, you know, I believe that she's removed her her GitHub account, but we we can't tell because people created so many fake accounts with it. This underscores another problem, I think, too. We've talked before about how Instagram really doesn't do enough to combat a lot of this harassment stuff. And I think this is a great example where you literally had, because from my knowledge, she doesn't have an an official Instagram. So you have all these people creating these fake Instagrams, using her photos, using her information, and then spreading fake propaganda. And who knows how long it'll take you know, for, for the Instagram overlords to take it down. But no, this just, this makes me sad, um, that, that what should have been something that should be so exciting and, and, you know, such a big, uh, accomplishment for everybody involved is turned into just this ridiculousness because people are uncomfortable with the woman even getting an iota of recognition or mere mention in a scientific, um, you know, uh, discovery or, or, or accomplishment. Like it just, it's really, it, it makes me really angry. It's really frustrating. And it's part of why, you know, we have this gap of women in the sciences. So I, I, I don't know what else to say over this, except it, it makes me sick to my stomach. And uh, thank you for the work that you did. We support you here at Rocket. We all have your back and we're sorry we you went through this. We get it. <laughs> so there it is. Yeah, we, we support you, Katie, and 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 more power to you. And also, congrats to the whole, you know, MITC sale team for yeah. and, and all the other organizations for doing this. Because, you know, even putting all the unpleasantness aside, this is some amazing stuff. And and the fact that we, I mean, no matter, the, the slate take away, you know, the, the, the slate <laughs> take aside, like, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. So... Um, that's Slate that's, never saw a contrarian take they would oh, not publish. Oh no, of course ever. not. I mean, literally, Slate invented the concept of the hot take. Like honestly, like it started with Slate. So uh, uh, I'm waiting for their story tomorrow. Like the Notre Dame Cathedral wasn't that impressive. It wasn't. Oh my gosh, like that. it wasn't right? that good. Like, like oh, that's man. what they would publish. So there it uh. is. All right. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Backblaze. Backblaze is the unlimited cloud backup service for Macs and PCs that starts at just $6 a month. So I don't know about uh, everybody in the audience, but I've definitely had data disasters. And one of the worst ones I can remember is I had a hard drive that I was actually using to back things up. And it was sitting up and it fell over, I guess, while it was running. And then the the impact of it falling on its side was enough to rattle things and either break the controller or mess up one of the platters or something. And then my backup drive with all my backups and, oh, and no. all my good stuff went away. And that was that was not fun. The, the process of then having to use specialized software to try to piece those uh those you know, tables together over and over again were not great. But 
this is where a service like Backblaze would have come in handy because Backblaze backs up your documents and your music and photos and videos and anything else that's important to you and it puts it in their cloud. And so, um, you know, you can backup locally and that's always a good thing. I'm, I'm one of those people, I have a backup and then I have a backup of my backup. But this is backing things up to the cloud for you. And so, um, you know, uh, basically... You know, they uh, backblaze have backed up over 750 petabytes and counting. So that's like the equivalent of 750 million gigabytes. So they know their stuff. And so it, it's um, it's backed up to, to um, their servers. And what's nice, too, is that you can access files from the go. So you can either use their mobile apps to access your, your, your data anywhere um, in the world or uh, from your phone. And if you did have a data disaster, like, you know, if your local drive, you know, your local time machine drive or whatever died and you, you needed your information, Backblaze can actually ship you a hard drive with all of your data on it. And then once you've restored your documents, you can just send the hard drive back and get a full refund. So, uh, you know, um, Backblaze has, has restored over 35 billion files um, over the years. And so that's really fantastic. And you uh, if you are interested in getting started with uh, Backblaze, uh, like I said, it works for, uh, for for Mac and PC, you can go to backblaze.com slash rocket for your unrestricted free trial. And uh, go ahead and let them know you heard about Rocket. So you heard about them on Rocket. So that's backblaze.com slash rocket. Go there now. And you know what? Back your stuff up because yes. like we've all had data disasters do whatever you can to avoid it. Back your stuff up. So thank you to Backblaze for saving us from countless data disasters and for their support of this show and Relay FM. I also have to say, like, Backblaze, everyone I've ever met that works there, just a fantastic person. And, you know, it's like you want to support companies with cool people that work there. That's how I feel. I 1,000% agree. I 1,000% agree. So we appreciate that, Backblaze. All right. So, so, okay, hold up. Before we move on, we're moving really fast today. I want to add a quick bonus topic. Okay. So there are some there are some rumors that came out today that Microsoft is considering putting out a competitor to AirPods. Uh, it's yeah. basically going to be wireless surface earbuds. And I'm a thousand percent here for this. So I mean, before I give my opinion, how do you feel about this? I mean, look, I, I genuinely do not know anything about this. Um, yep. I won't lie. I mean, it would be cool. I'm, I'm, I, I love my AirPods and I ironically use them for work meetings all the time. Um, <laughs> whether I'm on Windows or on Mac, I'm using my AirPods all the time. So, I mean, I'm, I'm down. Um, I do hope this time, if, the, if, if this is a thing, that, that they will natively work with the Xbox One. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the last uh, Surface Audio product, product that Microsoft put out, like the headphones, they were, they were genuinely good, like very comfortable, yeah. very well made, like really good controls on it. And I, to me, the way I feel is the AirPods are a good product, right? Like when Apple got rid of the headphone jack, which I supported, we're all, all kind of put into this wireless world. It really, you have so few choices of what you can can use with it. So like I find AirPods to be fine for running, but as far as the mic on it for call, call quality, it's just not that great. And it's really easy for gunk to, you know, stop it from working well. So, you know, from my perspective, like the AirPods 2 are not really a big leap forward. So anything else that's competing in the space, I'm, I'm psyched for. Yeah, I'm definitely psyched for, 
for for more options. Um, I did get the AirPods too, and what the reason I got them, and and I actually got my my second pair of of AirPods only a couple of months ago, and I got them because I basically had them from the very beginning, and and my battery life was was starting to to not last as long, and so I was like, oh, I'll just get a new pair. Um, and I got the AirPods too, not because I needed them, obviously, uh, and I don't even care about the wireless charging. To be honest, like that's not a, a thing that I care the slightest bit about, especially since air power doesn't show up. Yeah. But it has like an extra hour of battery life for call time. And yeah. so what's interesting about any of these kind of in-ear buds, at least that I found, and this is what I, a use case that if you'd asked me when I first reviewed them, um, you know, like two and a half years ago, I never would have expected this to be my common occurrence, is that I'm on like, Skype or Zoom calls with them all the time. I mean, to your point, the microphone could be better, although I don't think it's bad. Uh, It's certainly certainly every bit as good as whatever, you know, stupid, like, no-name Plantronics headset I would be using would be. Obviously, it'd be great if there was something better. But... I mean, I'm on a lot of calls now and just having them in, you know, all the time is is really useful. So anything that can kind of maybe improve on that. Um, and also, I mean, I think that there's an opportunity, whether it's 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 Microsoft or it's or it's anybody else, to really go after comfort. Yep. Um I my ears work with AirPods, but as I said in my very first review and even my first hands-on with them, I think like in, in September of 2016, I was like, if you can deal with earpods, you're fine with AirPods. But if you're not, these are not going to be for you. So, so that's that. That's interesting. But yeah, I don't know anything about this. But I saw that rumor and I was like, huh. I mean, you know, I I, I would I'm not mad at it for at all. You know, <laughs> I mean, I know. Yeah, I completely agree with everything you said. Um, for me, my my use case for AirPods is the ultimate. No one else has this problem, Christina. <laughs> So uh, when you do call time, it's like uh, sometimes you have another person uh, there on the phone with you, right? Like my finance manager, whose name is Brandon. Uh, and sometimes we're trying to figure out how to split it. And just, I, I don't know if AirPods are designed where if you only have one in your ear, the, the sound quality just drops or whatever. But it certainly seems to be true for us. It's just super unreliable. It just does not work with one in the ear. I've actually switched over to using a HomePod uh, for all of my call time instead. It's an amazing speakerphone. Like, it's fantastic. Uh, but, like it's it's the comfort it's the sound quality because if you're running in wind it gets in there it really affects it i just i i i think it's such an important product for apple i would like to see them like do more with it and for that matter like why is the beats headphone line so freaking stagnant i well i they don't did, get well, it well they yeah. just redesigned the um i guess the the beats uh x or the the, the beats uh power sport, beats. The power beats. beats yeah they yeah. they just redesigned the power beats to be smaller are those to, out yet yeah those are out i believe those, oh, okay. those just came out so they just redesigned those so they're smaller they yep. are truly wireless and they use you know all the latest you know uh, H1 goodness or whatever. So that's exciting. These are actually truly wireless. So the old Powerbeats, how they used to work is that there was like a back wire that would kind of connect them. 
Yep. Um, these are now truly wireless, um, but they still fit on your ear the same way that the old Power Beats did. So those are new. And then uh, the Beats X have not been uh, updated. So the the Power Beats that that is that is that is new. Um, okay, they have not come out yet. They are they are coming soon. They are up to nine hours of listening time, sweat and water resistance, uh, two hundred and fifty dollars. So they're actually more expensive. Wow. Um, you know, than AirPods. But I mean, you know, for what they are and, and for the type of uh, market they're going after, I think that they're probably going to do really well. Actually, their case even looks a lot like the AirPods case. So yeah. this is, this is, I guess, kind of going to be, you know, like the the one where if you're an active person um, wanting to have like kind of the best workout type of wireless buds you want that has the same type of pairing technology, that's what's what's going to be um, ideal for you. Is, oh, totally. Is, so, yes, yeah, so, I mean, but but you're right. I mean, it, it is interesting because we had the Beats X. We had the first, um, you know, uh, Power Beats 3 that came out also in 2016 or early 2017 that had the W1 chip. We've had, you know, their... Uh, their you have the uh, Solos. The, the, They've the solos. barely been updated. Yeah, the no. Pa- the, uh, the Beat Studios have barely been updated. If I'm remembering correctly, I looked at those the other day and they're still powered with micro USB and not they lightning. Are. They are. So well, it's like, well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I... To my knowledge, the only ones that are lightning, and I don't know about the new PowerBeats Pro, are the Beats X. Beats um, X, yeah. the, the other ones, it's interesting they haven't moved to USB-C. I understand why they keep those at at micro USB. Uh, a whole bunch of Beats users are not iPhone users. So Fair. I I 1,000% get that. They did upli- uh, update like the, the, the Beats uh, uh, Studios or whatever, um, I guess, last year. But yeah, you're right. I mean, this is this is one of those things where it's, it's interesting where, you know, Beats is still largely so much kind of fashion conscious, but you have brands like Bose and Sony, especially who every single year are coming out with, um, yeah, you had the Studio Three wireless that those those were updated last year. The Solo Threes are still the exact same as the Solo Twos, which were the same as the Solo Ones, just with wireless. Um, so you know, it's just one of those things. Like they they sell for fashion, and and it's interesting that these other companies are making massive leaps and some noise canceling stuff, but right. It just seems to me, it's like, you've got childish Gambino that's out at, you know, Coachella He's sending airdrops to people to get his latest shoes. You know, it's like shoes. That's a, that's a yearly thing. I don't understand. It just seems like since when Apple bought this, I expected to see more, more iteration coming from this line faster because both you and I are fans of it. Yeah, we are. Yeah. It just hasn't, it, I mean, it's been very slow. It has so. been slow, although they come out with new colorways and, and new designs yeah. all the time. I don't Fair know. To, yeah. I mean, to me, I kind of wonder at a certain point, like if you're buying Beats, you're not buying them because they're the best audio quality. You're buying them largely because of the fashion and maybe some of the convenience things. The Power Beats, I think, are kind of an exception. I think those are I have a product that is uh, really well respected for kind of its its genre. But if you're getting like you know uh, uh, you know the um, if you're getting the Solo Threes, for instance, or even if you're getting the 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 Beat Studios, like those are not going to sound <laughs> as good as other headphones you could buy for the same amount of money. But that's not what they're for. They're because they're, they're they look comfortable. Cool. They're and comfortable, pretty, and they so. and they look cool yep. on the subway. Yep. Like they're they're yep. they're they're my subway cans. Like I I so <laughs> so I'm I'm not mad at it. Like, but yeah, um, I I would actually be interested when the Power Beats, uh, pros come out. I'm actually I might 
I don't know if I'll keep them, but I might buy them and see how those work. Or maybe you, maybe actually, you know what, Bree? Because you're the one who works out and, and runs and stuff. You're going to buy the Power Beats Pros. That's I, what we're going to say. If I had known they were out already, I would have already bought them. So okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. I'll let you know how they are. You'll let me know how they are. All right. Yep. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by ExpressVPN. So, you know, we can all probably like hold our hands up and kind of admit that cybercrime is something that we think happens to other people, right? Because like, who would want your data? Well, bad news, stealing data from people like you and me, and especially you, Bree, since you're running for office, uh, you, by using public Wi-Fi is one of the simplest ways for hackers to make money. And yep. I'm saying this as somebody who is frequently in airports, which is a known <laughs> honeypot for this stuff. You know, that free Wi-Fi when you get into the airport and you're like, yeah, how free Wi-Fi? And then they're like... This is not encrypted, and we are looking at everything going across the network to your phone. So if you leave your internet connection unencrypted, your passwords and credit card numbers can be vulnerable. But there's something you can do to protect yourself from cyber criminals or ne'er-do-wells so you can start using ExpressVPN. And so ExpressVPN works by securing and anonymizing your internet browsing. So it's going to encrypt your data and it's going to hide your public IP address. And then it will, um, it has easy to use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your device. So it's super easy to set up um, if you want to use it with your iPhone or, or your uh, you know, Mac or, or your Android or whatever. And you can turn on ExpressVPN protection with just one click. And then you're free to safely surf on public Wi-Fi, but you don't have to worry about being snooped on or having your personal data stolen. So go wild at the airport. Uh, you know, uh, install that iOS update, which is something I've actually done before. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. yeah, I used the C the CTAC uh, Wi-Fi once to install an iOS update. Uh, but yeah, you know, if you're going to be in in public places, especially if you're doing anything that's involving your bank account or your work information or or other stuff. Um, yeah, you don't want to be putting stuff at risk and having those passwords and and, and other uh, traffic, uh, you know, looted by other people. So uh, ExpressVPN is the uh, has been rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar, and it comes with a thirty day money back guarantee. Um, I know that Simone has used ExpressVPN and really like how easy it is to set up. Their iOS app is really easy to set up, and sometimes the VPNs on on um, iPhone can be a little bit complicated. But theirs is just you know, one tap and it's done. And so for less than $7 a month, you can get the same uh, great ExpressVPN protection uh, that Simone has and that a lot of other uh, hosts on on Relay have. So that if you're ever on public Wi-Fi and you want to keep those bad guys away from your data, you want ExpressVPN. Or even if like you, it's not just about that. If you just want to keep your <laughs> internet service provider from knowing what you're doing, that's a good option too. <laughs> So you can go to expressvpn.com slash rocket to learn more, and you can protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months for free. So that is expressvpn.rocket. That is E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash rocket for a three month, uh, uh, three months free with a one-year package. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of Rocket and all of Relay FM. I just I want to say one quick thing on this app before we move on. I don't sure. know if you saw the story in the Times uh, this week, but it, it was reported that Google is allowing police to subpoena through Google the uh, basically the IP address and therefore the location of everybody in the the the, the vicinity of a crime. Yep. and then they go through and they've actually falsely charged. Uh, 
many people from this. So I just want to say, like, when when someone comes to Rocket with the security product like this, we don't bring it to you. We would not back that if we didn't think it was a real problem and 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 worth looking at. This is, and there are a million reasons to use a product like this in 2019. Absolutely agree. And uh, there are lots and lots and lots of good reasons to use VPNs that yep. are not just so you can appear like you're in the United States when you are in another country. Um, <laughs> no, they're genuinely, uh, there are lots and lots of good reasons. So thank you to uh, ExpressVPN. All right. So we have some very, very, oh. very special dessert because oh. it is, it is, it is like a, Oh, I wish Simone were Manna, here. Manna, Manna from heaven. The, the, yes. the, the, the scamsters, oh, there's so, there's so much. Okay, so <laughs> Aunt Becky's going to jail. Yes. Um. So uh, well, she's going to try to run the table with all these crimes. So yeah, give listeners yeah. No, background. Aunt Becky's going yeah. to jail. So Lori Laughlin and her husband, Massimo uh, Giannulli, they pled <laughs> not guilty in the college cheating scandal. So to kind of refresh, Lynette from Desperate Housewives, uh, uh, you know, Felicity Huffman, she was very smart and she pled guilty to a couple of charges. I think it was last week. And um, she put out a very contrite and very well-written statement. Um, Genuinely give her publicist or whoever wrote that statement like a raise because it was really well done and it seemed contrite. She seemed like she said all the right things. It hit all the right tones. Um, it's not clear if she will be doing jail time or, or what her sentence will be. My guess, and from talking to some lawyer friends that, that I've been kind of, you know, group texting about this, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that she gets suspended sentence, uh, if she were to get any jail time or that it would be on house arrest. But I, I, I don't think that's going to jail. Uh, I, I think that she, you know, um, so for some background, first of all, this is part of the the college uh, uh, parents uh, bribing to, uh, you know, in line to get their kids into colleges by either uh, falsifying um, things on their uh, applications by saying that they competed in sports they didn't so that they would be put on teams and take the spot, you know, of an athlete to get in or uh, in more egregious cases, having people take the SAT for them um, or correct SAT exams um, sometimes without the, the the students even knowing it. And so Felicity Huffman um, has been accused of spending $15,000 uh, to uh, uh, basically correct a test for her um, oldest daughter to get into college. And Lori Laughlin and Massimo Giannulli, uh, I'm just saying the Massimo guy, They their two daughters, <laughs> including Instagram influencer Olivia Jade, they allegedly paid $500,000 to get them into USC. And, and Olivia Jade had made it pretty public that she didn't want to go to college anyway. She just wanted to focus on her influencer career. And now she's yep. real mad at mom and dad. Uh, understandable. As she should be. She uh, should I would be. be furious. Anyway. That's the most justifiable parental completely. rage in history. Uh, yeah. Completely. I, I, I'm here for Olivia Jade's tell-all is all I'm saying. So yep. last week, Felicity Huffman pleads guilty. The same day, Lori Laughlin does not, but she and her husband and some other parents are then charged with additional felonies. And so it kind of became clear that there was, you know, kind of a, you know, the the, the prosecutors were trying to work with uh, the, you know, the, the people who've been in, indicted to kind of, you know, get plea agreements. And then those that weren't, they're like, okay, we're just going to bring more charges against you. Well, today, uh, as we record this, and, and we're recording this early in the week, Miss Lori Laughlin and uh, Massimo, they, uh, they have decided to plead not... Guilty. 
Good luck with that, Aunt Becky. Yeah, seriously. Wow. Like uh, again, I was I, I was talking to uh, some of my 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 lawyer friends, and we were like, "This is one of those things where like, what lawyer would tell? I'm sure that I I feel I feel pretty confident <laughs> that their lawyers are like, you you need to plead, you you need to cut a deal. This is bad. You're going to do some jail time. You yeah. are on the hook for like half a million dollars. They've got you dead to rights. This is you know a, a, a federal case. Like the federal prosecutors don't mess around. Like they don't like bring these types of of of, of you know racketeering and fraud cases up uh, unless they have you dead to rights. But maybe, but this is like they're just not listening. They're completely, uh, I guess, maybe in denial. I don't really know what I, the deal I is. I read a story that I read a story, and this wasn't from like the Times, but I did read this that basically they didn't think they would follow through on the charges. So uh, obviously, you know, Felicity Huffman, she did. Uh, you know, Lori Laughlin did not take it as seriously. And then she was given additional charges. I do, uh, I want to be really clear here. This was a crime and I fully support the prosecution of everyone involved in this. I want to be uber clear about that. I, I do think there's a discussion to be had here about criminal justice here in the United States because what what happens like the number of trials has so strongly decreased over my lifetime since the 90s and the reason for that is mandatory minimums mean that you know prosecutors come on they throw 20 charges at you mm-hmm. and for you not to go to jail you basically have to run the table and often many people like look at these uh, look at the charges in front of them. They're like, well, I could lose three years of my life if I don't even take this to trial, or I can you know, basically go to court and try to run the table. Um, I do think that is a bad system <laughs> yeah. of justice. I mean, overall. I agree with you. I, yeah. I agree with you. Not in this case. No, though. I mean, yeah. look, I'm just saying, like, yeah. like you, you had five hundred thousand dollars to try to bribe your daughters into into USC. Like, could you listen to your lawyers? Is all I'm thinking. Because yeah. I don't no, know what I lawyers agree more. is looking no, I agree at. More. Just just yep. because looking at the indictment and just looking at the files that they've put out there, which obviously is their best case. Like I was talking to some of my lawyer friends today, and I was like, do they think that they're not going to get evidence ad- ad- admitted or what? And they're like, no. The, our, our theory is that this is just straight up not listening to your attorneys. Yeah. Like, oh, privilege. okay. Cool. Denial. Yeah. All right. So Aunt Becky's going to jail. Um, <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, but also, I'm I'm. It's so I'm really glad that like the the most famous person from this thing, you know, has pled not guilty because that means it gets to be carried on longer. All right. In <laughs> other news, and this one's this one's a little bit more messed up than uh, than oh, than yeah. you know, like bribing to get your kids into school. So, Allison Mack, she was Chloe on Smallville. We've talked about this before. She was involved in this. Uh, let's just call it a cult. I'm going to call a it cult. a cult. It's called a cult. A, it's called Nexium, and it's like it started out as kind of like this personal development thing led by this guy, Keith uh, 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 Ranieri and who claims that he's like one of the smartest people in the world and all this stuff. And it's really just multi-level marketing scam, um, but with personal development stuff uh, logged in. And then a uh, a cult within the cult called DOS, which was like this women's group that was uh, basically uh, women would get branded if they were admitted into it, like with like, you know, cautering, uh, 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 you know, pens and, uh, would um, some of them were um, allegedly, you know, made into uh, forced to to have 
sex with uh, Ranieri um, at uh, the behest of, yeah. of Alison Mack and, and other people. So they had kind of this whole like master-slave system in the cult within a cult. So Also the blackmail aspect oh, of yeah, it in well, the wire it, fraud it, charges. Precisely. Yeah. So basically, if you were to get in this, uh, in this sorority is what they were calling it, you would have oh. to offer up information about yourself uh you know uh, maybe maybe new photographs or or maybe you know like um uh documents deeds to your house or maybe other just things that could be really detrimental to you if it were released in person as, as collateral and and used as as blackmail and so um uh Allison Mack has been heavily involved with this organization since about 2006 or 2007 and she's apparently uh, you know uh one of the one of the top people in this in this uh sorority this cult within the cult and uh, last uh, last year, uh, Keith Raniere and Allison Mack uh, and others were were arrested um, on on a number of different charges. And um, the trial is is of, of Raniere and, and uh, this uh, woman uh, uh, Bronfman, uh, who is uh, she's an heiress to the Seagram's liquor fortune. It's supposed to kick off at the end of the month. Um, and it was unclear if the other uh, uh, defendants would. Um, when they would be going uh, on trial. And now it turns out that uh, Allison Mack and, and a number of other high-ranking people, not Claire Bronfman, not Keith Raniere, but Allison Mack and a, and a few of the other women have pled guilty to some of the charges. So she's pled guilty, I think, to two felonies, one count of racketeering and one, you know, I think something with having to do with blackmail. And it's basically admitted that she blackmail people into into joining uh you know this organization if they join the organization into giving you know handing over uh uh you know uh damaging information and um i'm not sure where it stands on the on the whole sex trafficking thing um but uh yeah chloe chloe's going to jail um that'll be really interesting to see her proffer like her plea agreement there was something in it that basically seemed to say that there was like a second page to it that basically seems to indicate that she will likely be testifying against uh, Ranieri and uh, the other woman who's the, the, the billionaire heiress who's on trial. So uh, that, that like, that seems like that's part of her, her plea agreement. But uh, what do you think about Chloe going to jail? I mean, I, I just want to say, I love this overall, the, these, stories lately of white collar criminals going to jail. And I'm so happy to see people doing fraud and embezzlement and blackmail and in all of these alleged crimes. I'm really happy to see the the justice system focusing on this because I think it, really in 2019, Public trust, it's its not a joke. Like, societies are built on trust in the institutions. It's not on military might. It's its on the stories we tell ourselves and the public trust. So I, I really think this is some of the most important work we could be doing to kind of renew the American people's faith in our, our very system. So I fully applaud this. I do think it's notable that in all of these stories we're talking about, there are a lot of men involved with it, and the women are the ones that are in the press. Now they're celebrities, and that's why we're doing right, it. Right, so, right. Well, I mean, well, I mean, so I don't think it's bad, but well, I just right, wanted right. to note that. Yeah, the, I mean, uh, that's fair. I mean, and in this, and in this case, you know, like Ranieri is is his trial is supposed to start, uh, I think, on the 29th of, of April. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, the whole thing is basically he's like he's 
ridiculously misogynistic. It's fascinating. Yep. There's actually, yep. so I listened to, uh, while I was, ironically, while I was in Canada, um, I listened to this podcast called Escaping Nexium, which uh, the CBC put out uh, uh, last really? fall. Yeah, it's like eight parts. Oh. It's great. I'm going to link in the show notes. I'm also going to send you a link. Um, subscribe to it. It's called um, Uncover. If, if you if you look it up by the CBC, and the first season is uh, it's called Uncover: Escaping Nexium. They've got other stories that they cover as well, but the first season is all about Nexium. And what's interesting is that it's told through the lens of um, this uh, woman who was like the the lead recruiter in Vancouver, and so she was she joined in like 2006. She was an actress, and she wound up recruiting more than 2,000 people into the organization. And she was actually in this DOS, this like the the cult within the cult, and it was she was she went through the branding process and it wasn't until she realized that the brand actually was Keith Bernieri and Allison Mack's initials that she like freaked out and finally came out of you know being kind of in this this cult that she'd been in for 12 years and she it was her story that that the New York Times profile that really put prosecutors on the case, which is notable actually, because people had been talking about this guy and about what this this cult was for for years and years and years. There have been numerous high, like like big investigations in in various um, uh, you know news magazines or or uh, newspapers, and nothing to really come of it. But her story by her attaching her name to it and showing the pictures really you know like kickstarted everything, and and um, I think is largely responsible for why this has happened. But it's really interesting to hear from her because what happened is that the guy who does the podcast, he grew up with her. Like they were in preschool together and they lost touch after high school. And he ran into her, um, you know, uh, one day right after she got out and she just kind of unloaded to him about all the stuff that was going on. And and she names names and he, t- he talks to other people who, who share their names and some people who don't. And it's Really fascinating audio journalism. So I'm going to link to that podcast because if you're interested in this Nexium stuff, and honestly, it's fascinating. Yeah, uh, you should check I mean, it it's out. Depressing. It I is mean, depressing. You know, there was an episode of Megan Kelly, and I realize she's a controversial figure, but this was a, a good episode of it where she she was basically interviewing the mom of one of the women yes. that was drawn into this. It was it's a it's a really scary thing, and you know this. There's not ever going to be a point of human civilization where we move beyond these things, right? Like this is a susceptibility that we have. People want power. You know, this is this is something that's always going to be with us. So I'm just really happy to see. Um, I'm really happy to see justice being done here. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I'm glad to see it being done too. And and honestly, and also like good for this woman who got out for speaking up um, because honestly. So much had been written and had kind of been discussed in the shadows about this creepy organization, but it wasn't until, you know, um, a photo of her showing off her, like, scarred, like, brand, like, is on the front page of the New York Times, and all of a sudden, the feds are taking a look, which is really good, and and shutting things down, so, um, see ya, Chloe. Um, like, 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 honestly, like, like Aunt Becky, I can almost like root for to get off. I mean, not really, but like, if she did, I wouldn't be like angry. But if Chloe doesn't do jail time, I'm going to be really mad. I'd agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Hey, uh, because this is Rocket, 
what do you think of the Star Wars trailer? Super quickly. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm here for it. I'm not here, here for everybody. For I'm, I'm here for. I'm not here for everybody who's complaining, but I'm here for it. You know, like <laughs> Ray took on a freaking like uh, that's a what tie. I'm saying. Yeah, she took on Rylo Ken's. What that was Rylo Ken's tie. What is it? It's not the. Uh, it's some tie variant that I'm missing with like a lightsaber. I know. Just I'm into in it. The air. I'm into it, and 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna bleep myself here. I'm gonna put in uh, the time on the show notes, but like I'm here for more force. I really yeah. am. Like I'm, yeah. I'm here for 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 Rilo and and Ray to finally <laughs> get their force on because like that is the ship that I truly do. That that is what I ship in in this in this trilogy. I'm into that. I I am also here for that. So <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right. So uh, what are you doing this week, Bree? Uh, honestly, we have uh, our call time manager uh, here. He is making me do three, four, five hours of call time a day. It's going really well, though. Uh, I like Brandon. He's a fantastic guy. Uh, my husband and I, we are preparing to move to our first house, which I'm so excited about. Christina, Yay! if you are near Boston for a housewarming party, you've got to come. It's going to be a huge bash. It's going to be amazing. So uh, other than that, just... I, I can I just tell you I am really, really enjoying running for Congress this time. I know what I'm doing every day. I walk into the office. I've got a great team of people. I I like working with them. And I'm having fun. I hope that comes through on the show. But like awesome. I'm really enjoying it this time. So I love it. I'm so happy woo. for you. I'm so yeah. happy for you. What about you? What are you up to? So I am. <laughs> you're, uh, you're here for like a day. Right? Yeah, basically, I am. Um, Whatchamacallit. I will be in uh, Stockholm next week. Oh. Yep. Yep. Oh. So <laughs> so we will figure out when I'm going to be doing the show because uh, I will be nine hours ahead of where I am now um, and six hours ahead of you guys. So it might be one of those things that I you know do at three o'clock in the morning, which is fine. If that's what it takes. But no, I will be in <laughs> Stockholm next week. So yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. I'm like preparing to like decompress and like enjoying being home. And then I'm like, all right, off again. Um, yeah, I have to say it's the new with the new guy got uh, the new publisher was given the New York Times like part he worked in the newsroom for a while and his family gave him the whole paper. Very famously, he got a note from one of his predecessors saying, congratulations, slash, I'm sorry. <laughs> and that's exactly how I feel about you traveling every week. Like you're going to Stockholm. That's awesome. It has to be freaking exhausting doing this much travel, Christina. Yeah, it is. It's a lot. It's a lot. But you know what? Like I, the reason I'm I'm, I'm not going to do this forever. This is not something I'm going to keep up forever. But I, like I've said before, I will probably never be able to go to some of these places ever again. And so I want to take advantage of things while I can. So going to do that. But uh, amazing. Yeah, I mean, why not? Uh, like I, I I don't have kids, and so I have a little bit of uh, you know, like flexibility. It is tough though, because like you just you know, you're from time zone to time zone. You're just like your body is like, where am I? What am I? But <laughs> that's uh, that's okay. Uh, Brie, where can oh, people? Yes, you can also. I just want to plug your appearance on Twitter this week. Yes, you were really, really good. Oh, that. thank you is so it, much. Is that Amy the best? She's fantastic. Yeah, I, I've yeah. never met her before, but she was fantastic. So I was on this week in tech and this week um, with Leo Laporte and Amy Webb, and it was really great. So um, super uh, uh, stoked about that. Always fun to be on that show. Brie, show. where can people find you online? You can find me on Facebook uh, under Brianna Wu. Uh, 
I think I have an Instagram. I think my digital media team finally put me on Instagram. I have no idea what the handle is. Okay. Though. I will find that for you. Get it back to you. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Brianna Wu. And you can find me online at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. And uh, yeah, uh, be sure to follow my Instagram um, next week because I will do my uh, 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 compensatory uh, hotel room tour. And the the European ones are usually really small but fun. And uh, also, you know, look at my my plane selfies. And um, you can find the videos that I do at work at youtube.com slash Microsoft Developer. You, you can find Simone de Rochefort at uh, Doom Quasar on the Twitters, and you can find her um, uh, content at YouTube.com slash Polygon. We do miss her very much, but she's uh, uh, off uh, kicking butt and taking names in Los Angeles. What is she doing in L.A.? Are we she, able to say? Uh, we are not. We are not, but she's oh. working on something cool. So um, uh, stay tuned for that because it's going to be awesome. Thank you to our sponsors over at uh, ExpressVPN, um, Backblaze, and Linode for your support of the podcast. This, uh, If you like this episode, uh, please go ahead and uh, give this a rating in Apple Podcasts or whatever your favorite uh, podcasting service is. We sure appreciate it. And if you want to leave us a review, then that works too. But give us five stars. That makes us feel really good. Tell your friends all about Rocket. And uh, that does it for us this week. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 